Our scripture reading today is taken from Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39. And our message today is, God is for us. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. As we gather here together, the question that we always have for God is, God, how are you going to change us? Or if you're married or you have good friends, when are you going to change him? When are you going to change her? When are you going to change into what you intended this person to be? And even at this church together, after one year, we, we can look back and look at where we are now. And we, we see wonderful things that God has done. But we ask the question, God, where are you taking us? What is our purpose? Where are we going? God, how will we, what will we look like another year from now, two years from now? What's the path that we must take? What should we expect to see? And those are good questions to have. Because all of us would love to see progress one way or another. If you're someone who follows the stock market, if you follow someone who has a business, every year you look at your papers, you look at your profits, you look at your losses, you look at and examine what went wrong, what went right in the past year, and you make adjustments accordingly. And your goal in business is simply, well, hopefully, in an honest way, to make money, to help people. And so it is for our church and for us as individuals, what does change look like? What does change and growth look like for Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church? I think this passage here can summarize what it is that we need to hold on to and what it is that we need to expect God to do. And I want to share with you three simple points from this passage. And I pray that none of these points are new to many of you, but just a reminder of God's goodness to us. The first is this, is, the God who starts his work will finish it. The God who starts his work will finish it. 
It says here in this passage that there is nothing on this earth, there's nothing above this earth, nothing beneath this earth, neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The beautiful thing about sanctification, the beautiful thing about growth, is that growth is authored by God himself. That we do not look to ourselves for growth. We do not look to our own abilities to grow in the Lord. But we always look towards God who began that work in us and towards God who will finish that work in us. This is an incredible freeing understanding of God's character. We have to understand who is God, what his character is for us to understand how we grow. God is not a God who simply gave you a rule book and said, follow these rules and we'll have a test at the end. God is not that parent who is passive aggressive and says, I love you, but says all these little things about their kids. But God is a God who has loved freely, who has authored your salvation from beginning to end. And we, as God's people, look to him and at him for our growth. For our ability to change. For our ability to become like him. There is nothing that we can do on our own power to grow in our faith in him. And so for us as God's people, our posture towards sanctification, our posture towards personal growth, and our posture towards the growth of this church is one of humility and it's one of freedom. I want you to think about this. It's freeing to know that you yourself cannot change without God's grace in your life. It's freeing to know that this church can't grow without God's grace upon us. And that we are free to make mistakes and free to do our best knowing that God will use all things for his grace and for his glory. Our duty is simply to love one another and to love one another freely. This past year, as I was going through our, our role and seeing who our members were, but also the, the people who, who, who come to this church regularly, and then I thought about all of you, and I prayed, through all, prayed for all of you. And as I was reading that list, there's always two things that came to mind. One is, man, this person just, just awful person. <laughs> man, I just, I, here are some, some bad memories. Here are some memories of that are just outright rebellion against the Lord. 
Here's some memories about, about, man, just strained relationships in our church and just fighting over really just dumb things. But on the other hand, I look at that list and go, it was God who changed them. It was God who authored them. And it's God who continues to change them. For all of us, it's freeing that we are not responsible for the change of this church. We are not responsible for the change of one another. We are only responsible to love each other. And when God changes someone, we rejoice whether God used me or used someone else. We rejoice when this church grows in its faith, whether it's because God used us here or, or someone from the outside. We rejoice. No one takes credit. But everyone gives credit to the Lord. And everyone simply enjoys and rejoices in being part of this family to love and to help one another to grow. The second thing that I want to, to focus upon here is that sanctification is not this sort of steady, steady. Um, Oh, gosh, I just lost the words. Sanctification is not the steady growth. A lot of us would love to grow in such a way that we can see, all right, we just grow 5% each year. All right. We just keep growing, and, and we just see this nice linear path, and, and everything is fine. And we can sort of measure our growth. Okay, by this time next month, we should be 5% more sanctified. And at this time this next month, okay, we should be better at, uh, at, uh, at loving one another through food. Okay, we love to have this plan, this nice linear sort of movement. That's, that's what the world teaches us. That's what we want. We want things planned out and we want to see growth in a certain way. But in verse 35, it teaches us that there's going to be trouble. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be famine. There's going to be hardships within our lives. And the beautiful thing about scripture is that Scripture teaches us that all of these hardships are given to us by God in order to grow our faith. But he does it in such a way that it's not my timing, my understanding, but always God's. I liken it to when I first learned how to drive a car. My dad was scared. I could see this. I've never seen him so scared in my life. You know, and, and you know, when you learn how to drive, right, you don't understand how, how much pressure you should put on the accelerator and the brake. And you're going like this and then this. And you're, you're just jerking all over the place. And you know, one day when Chase and Trista learn how to drive, I'll send them to one of you guys. Um, and it's that her herky-jerky movement that you have. Now, many of us, we, we don't want that. We want a car that goes smoothly. We want our, our Christian life to, to be that car, that, that nice, huge Cadillac, that, that, that the seats are just basically like a couch, and you can just sit there and go. But the Christian life is more of, of that person who does not know how to drive a stick. And the whole trip is just hills. And you stall. 
And you go, and you stall. Then you go. You see, the way God changes us as individuals and the way God changes the church is unpredictable. For us to give a timetable to God and say, God, this is how we want to change. This is where we want to be. Yes, we can come up with programs and, 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 and things that we can get to a certain time, but real change of a person's heart. None of us have that timetable. Only the Lord does. And we can see through redemptive history that sometimes that timetable is really long. I mean, think about it. 40 years wandering in the desert. That generation that came out of Egypt, out of slavery, who saw the Red Sea part, who saw the manna from heaven, who saw all those miracles. They died. And God said, it's not my time yet. And waited for the next generation. If God's patience could span a generation, if God's patience could span decades and decades and centuries, who are we to say when God should change me or when God should change the people around us? That being said, that does not allow us to be lazy. That does not allow us to just sit and wait for God to do things. But it allows us to be humble. It allows us to love. It allows us to be patient and persevering towards one another. Brothers and sisters, when you walk with God, I implore all of you, just meet with him. There is no one strategy or one rule by which people come to know the Lord. There just isn't. Yes, justification by faith is important. Yes, to understand the doctrines is very important. But when people are growing in their faith, sometimes it's not that doctrine that they need. Sometimes it's simply a brother or sister walking with them and saying, I'm here, I'm present. Sometimes it's simply a timely word from someone and say, hey, it's okay. God loves you. Sometimes it's just being able to understand and say, you know, I know you know all the right things. I know there's something going on with your heart. I don't know what it is either. But hey, let's go get some coffee. Let's just walk. It's that type of love and that type of patience. God uses doctrine. God uses us as people. God uses the circumstances of your life 
to bring you closer to him. When you read scripture, don't get too worked up of, am I reading scripture the right way or the wrong way? Yes, there are more right ways to read scripture, of course. But God can use words that even though they appear out of context to perhaps a scholar, he uses to help you to grow in the Lord. And so read and allow God in his infinite wisdom in his infinite ways to grow you and to encourage you. This church, I have no idea what's going to happen next year. Neither do you. I have no idea what's going to happen in five, ten years. I, neither, neither do you. But our goal is the same. It's to walk in obedience to him. Lastly, verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, more than that, uh, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And then back to verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Lastly, in our growth, is to remember that Jesus Christ is the source of, not only the source of all our growth, but through Jesus Christ, he has given us all that we need to grow. That in Jesus Christ, God has given us salvation from our sins. And that he who did not even spare his own son, will he not give you all the things that you need to find him and to love him, to grow in him? We live in different times today, but the gospel is still the same. When I was in my college years, things were a little bit different. It was easier to talk to someone about, about my faith. It was easier just to go into the cafeteria and just sit down with someone and say, um, hey, can we, can we talk about um, what you believe in? It was a little bit more understood that that was an okay thing to talk about. And it'll be amazing to see people be curious when you would open up your Bible and just read a passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it was amazing to watch people when they would hear the words of God all of a sudden nod their heads and say, I need that. I need Jesus. Help me to find Jesus. And it was always amazing, even for myself, when someone would say that to me, I would say back to them, are you really sure? <laughs> this can't be happening. Are you really sure? And they would say, yeah. My life's been a mess. I, I, need, I need this, Jesus. 
that same Jesus who can save you. That's the same Jesus who can grow you. God has given you all things. This church, all everything that we need. We have his word. We have the sacraments. We have prayer. We have one another. Let us grow faithfully in our God himself. For those of you who are visiting or who are new here, welcome to our church. We are imperfect people. Actually, if you really get to know us, you'll see that we, we're sinners. But we rely on Jesus not only for forgiveness, but we rely on Jesus to, to, to be humble people, to confess our mistakes, our wrongdoing. And we want nothing more, nothing less for you than for you to know that same love that Jesus has. So welcome to our church and welcome to our first year anniversary. And by God's grace, um, I hope you see in us the love of Christ for one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are always for us and never against us. We ask of you, Lord God, to change us into your image. Change us, Lord God, according to your plan, according to your design. Lord, we do not want to be people who simply are better moral people, but we want to be people who, whose love for Jesus exceeds even our own expectations. Help us, Lord, to be such people that when others see, us, see our loves, see our love for one another, they may see Christ and Christ in us. In his name we pray. Amen.